welcome to San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. This is our fun food and drink focused podcast that we do uh, live tapings at from our San Diego Magazine headquarters here in downtown San Diego. I am Aaron Chambers Smith, Chief Content Officer at San Diego Magazine. And I co-host this lovely podcast with Troy Johnson, our food has critic. Co- has the podcast started yet? <laughs> it started. Wait, it's sometimes good. it's kind of fluid. It's kind of fluid. Okay. Oh, it's a did start. Because okay. basically we're just Bye. like hanging out in our conference room. Yes. Talking, it, eating, drinking. Exactly. And if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> because last time you didn't go for a sponsor, and now I'm totally going for a sponsor. I'm just shelling out right now. That's We should just start right from the top. Welcome to the podcast. It does not have a sponsor yet, and it could be you. <laughs> <laughs> It, oh, and next week we do have our first sponsored podcast. Everybody get excited. Should I reveal where? Yeah. Or should we wait? Okay, it's going to be at Puesto. Thank Puesto. you, Puesto. We're going to actually be podcasting live during Taco Tuesday at Puesto. It's going to be amazing. Their zucchini taco with that crispy cheese. Oh. All their tacos have the crispy cheese, right? And it's it's zucchini. It's zucchini. And so it's vegetarian, which we have a vegetarian guest on today. We surely do. Okay, so this is Troy Johnson. He's our food critic, our podcast co-host. He's just he's a great guy, great friend, and uh, member of the family of San Diego Magazine. We also have Erin Meanly Glennie on the mic as well. She's the editor chief of San Diego Magazine. We kind of have like royalty with us this time. Yeah. But she, and <laughs> I carried a watermelon. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't even belong here. <laughs> yeah, you're not exactly wait, super foodie, but wait. it's kind of fun. It's kind of, you'll have a fresh perspective because Erin Meanly is like a Big Mac kind of person. She's that not super foodie. came out of nowhere. I carried a watermelon? <laughs> I don't really belong here. It's from a Dirty Dancing. I'm not a foodie. Oh, it is, baby. She did carry a watermelon. She carried a watermelon. I did not get that. It went whoosh, right over my head. I, what? It's a classic. It right, is. Yeah. But and Erin um, Meanly Lenny is filling in for Archana Ram, who is an editor at the magazine as well. She edits the food section, so she edits all of the words that Troy writes every month. She also is sort of out and about and very worldly and, and, and travels all over the world, but also in San Diego, and so we're giving Archie a shout-out here, but Erin um, will give us all kinds of good nuggets in her place, hopefully. Erin's like, I just came for the wine. In the yes, place. this is kind of in a whiny kind of a taping. <laughs> so and, person. Yeah, Erin is a wine person. Um, and we have David Martin as well. He's over there with the computer and the wires. He has the timer set and he makes this all sound right and adjusts our levels. He also is the guy to contact if you do want to sponsor this podcast. He'll he'll hook you up. Um, we can go mobile. Like I said, we're going to go to Puesto next week and we'll podcast live from there. Troy will eat your food like live on air and he'll love it. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And he hates <laughs> chewing noises, so he'll be nice and quiet. Yeah, no, David hates chewing noises. So we will just chew away from the mic. But um, that is David Martin, David M at SanDiegoMagazine.com. And we have a special guest um, in our conference room with us today, Odette Kressler. She is our columnist. She writes our La Vida Vegan column in San Diego Magazine. But she's also just a veteran of the San Diego restaurant scene. And hopefully you'll have lots of good nuggets and, and stories to tell us. And she is totally pregnant. Yeah. So pregnant. <laughs> and I am the only one who is not drinking right now. Well, and that's partly why it's so apparent. Because like um, I say every week on this podcast, we call it the happy half hour because we try to make it as much like happy hour as we can at one o'clock in our conference room so we do eat and drink and pour Odette you know well I shouldn't say pour but yeah you're not partaking in a lot of our alcoholic beverages we do have chips and salsa from where is it from Casa Guadalajara Casa Guadalajara thanks for those and we are we're actually giving birth today on the San Diego Magazine Happy Half Hour podcast. We could be. We could it's, be. My water could break in any minute. That's yes. fantastic. <laughs> this is great. I don't right. know. No, I want her to be with her husband and her family in a nice calm room with candles. D- David's not, like not that's this. ratings. That is yeah. ratings right that's there. That's the marketing guy chiming in. It's sweeps week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so Odette, welcome. And she's having a lovely bottle of water. We're enjoying, like I said, chips and salsa from Casa Guadalajara. What else, Troy? What are you having? 
<laughs> I love that she, you said she's having a lovely bottle of water. Yeah, I tried to give her a suja juice, but she said she was okay. So we tried to. Um, we are having, um, Kaylee, what, what are we drinking right now? This is, we're having a Valle de Guadalupe. Valle de Guadalupe wine. Tinto del Valle. Tinto del Valle. Valle de Guadalupe is Mexico's um, wine region. They produce overnight. From Valle de Guadalupe. Okay. Where did you get it at? Crisp? From Crisp. Crisp is a great little beverage spot in downtown East Village. It's right by San Diego Magazine. Kind of East Village. Kind of just regular downtown. I guess it's regular downtown. It's like 7th Avenue between C and Broadway or something. Yeah, you can get your kombucha. You can get like some really good stuff. Oh, like 500 beers. Yeah. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a good it's, little spot. Uh, now they have, and they have like a thousand craft beers. Yeah, so go check that place out. And I mean, Valle Guadalupe is Mexico's wine region. They produce over 90% of Mexico's entire wine output. And it's only an hour and a half south of the border. We've done multiple features on it. I mean, it's really, really fantastic. You get uh, the Washington Post, New York Times. They've all done, um, and oh, yeah. San Diego Magazine. Was like the first. The first, thank God. Probably not, but yeah, we, were, we were early. Yeah, I know, but we'll just claim that anyways. We were totally not the first. Yes, we were. <laughs> Um, Okay, so thanks everyone for listening. I'm going to give you a quick roadmap here. What we do on this podcast is we give you all the information about what is new um, and opening in San Diego. So you will be in the know about the newest restaurants. We will cover hot topics, just a couple of fun sort of national food and beverage related things that we will discuss. We will have a whole special guest segment with Odette Kressler. Like I said, she writes our vegan food column. So we will get into that, but also just some San Diego restaurant stuff. And then we end with Small Bites, a segment where we all just tell you guys personally what we've been loving um, on the food and drink scene. So let's get right to it with Hot Plates. Normally, Archina does this. She is off traveling to Cuba still. We miss you, Archie. Um, We can't wait for that special food segment. She doesn't miss us. She's in Cuba. I know. She doesn't miss us a bit. She did fill this in, though, so I'm going to read what she wrote. She says that Real Bar and Bistro, or maybe it's Real Bar and Bistro in Solana Beach, has reopened as Ember Plus Still. What's up with the restaurants having pluses in their, their What name? is I don't know. Ember Plus Still. It's more small plates, more veg, and more gluten-free options, plus... A kids' playroom. Oh my gosh! Everybody here except David has kids. We are we're high fiving each other. How? Kids' playroom with Pac Man, giant Jenga, and large screen television. Has somebody been saying? Somebody in this room has been saying that there needs to be yes. a kind right. of craft small plates tapas place with Chuck E. Cheese like entertainment. Apparently, for the kids. it's called Ember and Still, and it's in Solana Beach. But you if you look there. at the photos on the website, it doesn't look like. It looks like a bar, like you know. It's probably nice, hidden in it, the back. Yeah, where's the playroom? <laughs> I didn't public. see it. Yeah. Yes, that's well, great. All of us have kids under five, or yours is um, over five now. Mine's five. Five. Yeah. So yeah, so we're all very into that. Okay, that's called Real Bar and Bistro. Oh no, no, it's reopened as Ember and Still in Solana Beach, and then we also have another Orange County based. Um, bakery opening. It's called Black Market Bakery and it's opening in Normal Heights at 30th and Adams. How can they fit another restaurant at 30th and Adams? Every week I say that there's another restaurant that's open at 30th and Adams. How can there be room? Yeah. Is there like 10 new ones that they build up or something? Yeah, it's it's kind of like a hippie commune of restaurants over there right now. I mean, yeah, they're just all kind of living in the same space, you know, free love. It must be. I don't know how a new one can keep opening, but I guess there is a new one called Black Market Bakery. Very, very new. 30th and Adams, you think about like Polite Provisions, Cantina Mayajuel. Beer Fish. Jane's. The Sabuku. There's a new Uh Thai one that I really enjoy. And the new French place over there. What's the new Thai? Same owners as Plumeria. Everybody go to 30th oh, and know. Adams and just walk around and you'll find happiness. There's a lot of new food there. Yeah. Um, okay. And then lastly, oh, wait, Odette, you were going to tell us about Tamarindo. Where did that open? Or it's that's going to open where North Park's Claire de Lune was, which Claire de Lune 
Mainstay. Was there for long time. 20 plus years. Coffee shop, live music, kind of hokey. Art, art, artist of the month, like local artists that were featured. I shouldn't say hokey, but it was just very kind of, very kind of hippie and homey. You know, yeah, it was homey. I don't know what you call it. Okay, here's, here's a little bit of San Diego <laughs> trivia that nobody cares about, about but me. Okay. I got a poetry degree. Oh, I, I knew that. I we a, talked about that. A once. minor in poetry, the from least, Chico State. It's from Chico State, the least <laughs> employable college graduate in 400 years, right? <laughs> so, um, I was the featured poet at Claire de Lune Poetry Nights. I on have. I, it doesn't surprise me nights. even a little bit. That does not surprise me. Not even. And I a wasn't bit. doing like you know, oh, my macabre soul, you know, reeks for you. That kind of poetry. I was kind of doing it fun, you know, like uh, shocker. Humorous, I'm shocked. Humorous poetry. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, and then I ended up being the resident poet for KPBS. Um, the the lounge. Shut up. I swear. No. Or because is this before or after Fox Rocks? This is before Fox okay, Rocks. Okay. All right. So this is my Just first checking. gig as resident poet on a KPBS uh, a radio show because of Claire Delune. It's been an institution okay. for years. And David, years and years. cue the taps yeah. again. Let's. We should do taps again for this. I know because it was a part of Troy's Claire history. Delune, I love you. You let me read my bad poetry to like twenty people. Seven. <laughs> Eight people. <laughs> so wait, what is Tamarindo? Do you know anything about it? I know that there's going to be good margaritas. Oh, there we go. Okay. And that's it. That's all I that's know. Probably I, all I you would need. imagine they might even do a tamarind margarita. I would yes. imagine that's going to be their house margarita. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you should go back, drink some of those, and try the poetry thing again. I know, After just, a couple of margaritas. Yeah. <laughs> As the manager comes up and says, sir, we don't do poetry days here. Oh, whatever. Give me a mic. That's it. I'm doing it. I love it. Okay, and then lastly, for the last hot plates to tell you guys about Papaleco, they are growing like gangbusters. This is a great little coffee shop slash gelato slash pastries. Just neat little. Mm -hmm. It's very Italian. The people that own it are Italian. It feels like you're in Italy when you walk up and have your little espresso. One of the most genius people I ever saw order food went to Papaleco and ordered a fresh croissant that they had just baked with two scoops of vanilla gelato gelato. in the middle of it with their coffee. And I was like, you are a genius. It wasn't even on the menu. Deep fire, please. They just ordered it. And I was like, oh my God, I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. But I guess Papaleco is opening new cafes in Cardiff this month and in Del Mar. And then they already have locations in Little Italy, which is the original one, and then Hillcrest and Kensington. The one in Kensington I just went to, it's cute as a button. I take personal offense that they call it Del Mar. All right. Because, I mean, it is, it's, it's starting to get better stuff. You know? What were you just talking about in Del Mar? Weren't you just, Meanly's kind of a Del Martian, kind of Europe in that area. Are we talking about Crudo? Are we just talking about Del Mar something? Oh, oh, that's Carmel Valley. We distinguish. Oh, yeah. Okay. What, what were you talking about, though? I forget. Oh, it was negative. <laughs> it was something that was bad. And now, time for a <laughs> negative review. Food, I mean. <laughs> negative review from Aaron Mainly Glenn. Del Mar's getting better. It is a it little. It definitely is. I mean, I went to Crudo by Pascal Lorange. Pascal Lorange, it's in Carmel Valley, really. It's off of the 56. Um, but it, did you not have a good time there? Is that what you did? No, I was thinking of Dolce in Pacific Highlands that, Ranch, neither which of those is calling are itself Carmel Valley. Neither of those are Del Mar. Okay, well, that's, Car- no. that's Carmel Valley, I'm basically. talking about Del Mar like by Loberge and stuff. That's yeah. Del Mar. You know yeah. what's happening? What? Bullies is being bought. Oh, no. Bullies yes. is going away, and it is becoming... We talked about it like two weeks ago or three weeks ago. I forget. Oh. Come on. That's your deal, dude. You got to remember. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Wait. Wait. Something. Am I the restaurant guy here? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know he's looking at me like I'm supposed to know. Fired. Listen to the podcast from three weeks ago and we'll hear all about it. I'm going to go listen to the podcast and figure out what I said. You said it, I think, I too. Okay, so that's Hot Plates. There's lots more of this kinds of stuff in San Diego Magazine every month. Arch Naram actually edits the Hot Plates column. So there's 10 new restaurants every month. And then also Troy has a blog at SanDiegoMagazine.com called SD Food News. So as soon as he hears about something new or cool, he either will put photos up of it or he'll tell you about it on a blog post. So visit that. And then again, as you're listening to this, if you want to know about any of the places we're talking about, um, we will put up a blog post uh, after this show so that, and we'll link you to all these places so you can like hear about Tamarino and we'll make sure that you get hooked up with that stuff. So we're going to move into hot topics really quick. Um, Odette, please join us in, in chatting about these things and then we will have a whole segment with Odette um, after that. So let's talk about restaurant leftovers. Troy, this is something you brought us. Okay, so there is a new- First, really quick, raise your hand. Are you a leftovers person or not in this room? Yes. I am. My hand is raised. David says no. Mainly says yes. 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 My fridge, because I go out to eat all the time. It's all leftovers. Restaurants, it's all leftovers, yeah. I mean, either, uh, what I'll do is if I have too many leftovers um, from restaurant tastings, because obviously my job is to taste restaurants, I will give it to a homeless person somewhere within you know the mm-hmm. vicinity. Or, although, God, that's so hard, because you want to help people out. I've actually offered to give somebody uh, leftovers, and they're like, I'm not homeless. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm ooh. so sorry. I am so sorry. Really? Yeah, it was not a good day for me. Um, but anyways, I always have leftovers. I cook when I cook at home. I cook for three days. I do. I, I like my own leftovers better than restaurant leftovers. Yeah. Sometimes I find that, I don't know, you don't know how they cook something or if it's been, if it's been braised too long or whatever. And then you take it home and you're like, huh, it doesn't really work. But if you cook it for yourself in advance, I do that kind of leftover. I will tell you this. Anytime mm. you go to a pasta restaurant, intentionally only eat half because pasta and sauces the next day are always better. better. Oh, and they are good cold too. Yeah. So I am totally a leftovers guy. So the news here is that um, in England, they have a new app to prevent food waste. Food waste. 2014, America wasted so much food (gasps) that you could fill the Empire State Building 91 Uh, times. Is that true? That is absolutely true. 91 times. We waste 40% of the food grown and produced in the United States. 40%. And yet we have a ton of hungry people, right? So in, in England, what they're doing is restaurants, when they're about ready to throw out food mm-hmm. um, the last hour of their uh, when they're open for the day they will let this app know and people can come down and buy it for like pennies on the dollar you know so in yeah so they're not going to throw it out it's not going to go in the trash can they're saying they'll basically send an alert saying hey we have this that we're throwing like out tomorrow we prepped 84 bananas fosters and we sold three so exactly. come and buy them for a dollar but you have to show up in the alley in the back no you or... just come down to the restaurant you know they you come down to the... not, they should do that at grocery stores because i feel like a lot of the food waste doesn't only come only doesn't only come from restaurants but it comes from grocery stores absolutely so as soon as the item hits the date they yeah. just throw it out, and it's illegal to give it away, it's even illegal. though it's still good. That, that, that frustrates me to no end about America. I mean, the over, um, the over regulation. Uh, lit- litigation and, uh. and regulation in America. At the end of the day, you should be able to sign a waiver saying, I'm going to take this food from this restaurant. And I promise not to sue and you. I will not sue anybody if I get sick. I just need food. You know, huh. and restaurants would give out their food right and left. It would solve hunger in America. Sure, a few people will get sick, but the good that comes out of that, feeding mm-hmm. people, because usually they, they won't get sick, 99% will not get sick. Right. You will solve hunger in America. Do we know the what the app is called in, in England? I don't know what the app is called. I don't know. We emailed it to you. We're going to find that out and put it on the, <laughs> put it on the podcast uh, blog post. <laughs> so good. you guys can read more about that. It's very interesting, though. Um, now we are also going to talk about some kind of vegan hamburger that's been invented that bleeds like a like meat or something. David, again, this is a David thing. You don't have a mic. Good one, 
Yeah, yeah you take can a just mic, spin the mic to you. Spin the mic. Although you're spinning it from the vegan, so we're oh. not. We're kind of. We're kind of not. I'll just uh, be covering able to flip ourselves it this way, really okay. quick. It, it slides easy. But so no, there's uh, the first. There's this company that basically engineered plants to basically mimic blood. What? And so the basically they they combined a bunch of plant things and did a bunch of weird engineering type Science-y things, but so science hmm, goo, microscope yes. type things. GMO and, on steroids, uh, crazy GMO. Goo, <laughs> <laughs> hmm, goo, you know, like that's my, that's my scientist impression. It's like, you know, you got to think that I had like a, a finger to my like, my like mouth being like mad scientist from like, you know, a TV show oh, or something. Um, but hmm, goo is now an official <laughs> yeah. scientific field. So it's it's like, G- if you don't like GMOs, sorry, but this yeah. is like GMO times a billion. But they're saying it's like all plant-based pretty much and uh, uh, but so the burger, when you cook it, it actually bleeds and it sizzles. And the first ca- uh, restaurant other than this one in New York is going to be opening in San Francisco in the next few months. Interesting. And there's all these reviews is on it. Is it a mushroomy um, thing in there or is it some new form of veg? Or you know, is it it's probably going to be, it's they're not, related to beets, I, I would imagine. They're right? not really oh. clear on all the plants that are It's just some chemically generated something. Yeah. Um, Interesting. It's, it's something weird like that, but um, so there's because blood does blood add flavor? Is that what it? Is? You want a bloody? Is you know, it a, it's is well it a, at that point. Juice I mean, thing? Yes, blood does add flavor because oh. you have amino acids in blood, and amino oh. acids are really like a building block of flavor. And when they hit heat, it ends up in a, a Maillard reaction. Heat plus sugar plus protein. Maillard reaction is what makes food taste amazing. Like caramelized the brown bits of the exactly. stuff. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. but really, that's just more of a visual thing. Like, I mean, they I mean, are looking at each other like, who knew? It, it, that's more of a visual <laughs> thing in terms of like look people miss meat I mean we grew up we've been carnivores for millions of years right. we've realized that the meat industry in America is not sustainable it really isn't it's one of the one of the least effective uses of our, our resources I mean the amount of water that you have to give a cow to raise it to until you slaughter it is absolutely I mean astronomical you know and what's released in the air isn't good what's released yeah, in the air everything so we should be eating less meat and but we're still going to kind of miss meat you or- know in our now, my husband is from South Africa. He's a master barbecuer. They call it a braai there. And he said, you flip the meat when you start to see the blood come up. And then you flip it again, <coughs> which is something I didn't know. Is this, are they barbecuing these things or what? So, patties? I know, um, so basically they're like, they're kind of grilling them on like a flat top so that it does get that nice crispy, yeah. uh, you know, caramelized meat Salty flavor part. that you're really looking to get with your, uh, with your burger. And then it has the blood. Like they say that some like people who are true blood connoisseurs, I don't know what you call what? <laughs> meat connoisseurs, you know, like how blood connoisseurs. So, they're saying they're like, oh, it's not quite exactly like blood, but it's well, pretty no, dang close. No. On today's <laughs> podcast, we have blood David cons- saying, mm, <laughs> goo and blood. Blood Aren't you so glad you gave me a mic? Like, yeah, I'm kind of rethinking. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. I'm I'm totally frightened. Absolutely. No, it's very no. interesting. I, I didn't David even know. David has human hair in his apartment. Yeah. Like, I mean, like a collection. <laughs> Not just. Like, I give you a no human hair guarantee. There you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, vegan people piss me yeah. off. But, okay, um, well, you're sitting next to La Vida Vegan, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's going to go into labor. I know. It's over. Poor, but, poor uh, Odette. But yeah, the reviews are good on it. But so, well, we uh, will make sure, save that link and email it to me, and we'll put it up um, at the blog post about this podcast. You guys can all kind of read and decide for yourselves. We won't get it in San Diego for at least five years if it's only in New York and San Francisco. So no, not to worry. You won't be able to taste it, but you can read about it. And when what, you travel there, you can eat it. Yeah, you know how, like, I mean, the internet buffers, you know, and you kind of get things late. Yeah. But, like, if you're actually looking at Twitter, you can see, like, it happened. 
happened like an hour ago. That's like San Diego. That's San Diego. We're like, what you missed while you were sleeping. That's like us. <laughs> it's like, have we're a like, nice nap and then you can have it. We're looking at the live Bachelor tweets like when it happens at 6 p.m. in New yep. York. I know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I already know what happened. Hey, New York. Up yours. <laughs> I love it. This was very interesting. We are going to link to all this at standingmagazine.com. Now let's get right into our special guest, Odette Kressler. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's I so fun to see it. you in person. I see your picture in the magazine every month and Odette writes our La Vida Vegan column. So every month she goes out and tastes um, and kind of reviews something, a vegan dish somewhere because we don't have enough vegan restaurants to fully review a vegan restaurant, but you review a vegan dish at restaurants all over the county for us every month. Yeah. And to be honest, I enjoy going to the non-vegan restaurants more and disclaimer, I was a full-on intense vegan for about four years. I am not anymore. That, if you follow me on social media, there will be meat. There will be meat. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah. We, our La Vida Vegan appreciates vegan food. And I think it's actually the best kind of um, you know vegan columnist. So she's like, look, I appreciate meat and I eat meat, but I also want to find some you know non-meat alternatives. And I do think that there's very different reasons to be a vegan. And the one that I notice is more San Diego- inclined and what the market is demanding is our health purposes Mm -hmm. so even if people do enjoy burgers here and there maybe if they go eat out a lot they're going to order the plant-based option just for health purposes right it's not so much ethical it's more to be healthy and i think or from the san diego vibe that i've been getting is that people do it more for health and maybe their looks we'll just go ahead and go there I'm just not that evolved I think like my grandparents actually like chased down saber-toothed tigers and actually just ate them with their teeth (laughs) like that's how close meat eating is to my genes I love meat well I'm Mexican and like my mom was raised in a farm yeah Right. Like so, literally mean, in a farm. Meat is part of the farm, um, yeah. And the reason why for the column, I love going to non-vegan restaurants more than just, there's a ton of great vegan restaurants opening now, is because I do think that it says so much more about the chef and the restaurant in itself. Oh, because to- I mean, we have so it's much like produce. it's speaking another language. Yeah. The, if a restaurant offers a vegan dish or a vegan menu, because I think Civico in Little Italy offers the whole menu, it means that the chef is an open-minded dude or gal, whoever's behind the kitchen. And that, I think that's, that opening your doors to a whole other market, it's so smart, but it requires creativity. It requires you to know how to handle food different. It's like another language, I think, for a chef who specializes in non-vegan food to all of a sudden... Try vegan. And don't you think because of the produce we have available, it's kind of like a no-duh. Like if you're a chef and you're developing your your skills and whatever here, it seems to make sense to me from a business perspective. Get really good at cooking vegetables here because you should be. Like if I was hiring, if I was in New York hiring someone from San Diego and I knew my stuff about food, I'd be like, so cook me some kale and let's see how good it tastes because you should be. Or cook me a tomato or do something that, you know, is produce centric because we have the good produce Uh, all the time. And we have no meat industry here. We have no right. slaughterhouse in right. San Diego. We have to get our, our food or our you know, USDA-approved meat from the closest place is about three hours north. But so, like, what am I buying when I go to homegrown meats and buy a steak? Um, so you're getting, well, I mean, you can get, there are local meats that are local animals that are raised here. Yeah. And they have to be driven three hours north to is be Is that what they do? 
Yeah, they have to. So like at Cowboy Store, if I go buy a steak at that little butcher shop, yeah. that got that got cut up somewhere else. There and is sent no back slaughterhouse down. in San Diego. USDA approved slaughterhouse. So you, what you can do as an individual consumer is that you can actually buy an, a, a part of an animal or you can buy the entire animal. Mm-hmm. And if it's for personal use, yes, then you can actually have it slaughtered. Oh. But if it's a restaurant is serving it you or a butcher can't. shop, you cannot. Interesting. You know? So that's the worst thing is that we raise these really sustainable, like well-raised animals here mm-hmm. in San Diego. And then you have to ship them on a truck which stresses the animal out and ruins the end of their life a and these are the most cared for animals in the world and then you stress them out they lose body weight because they're so stressed and then at the other end of the processing um, plant they don't even know if they're getting the right meat that's what ranchers told me so anyways this is all about like we're talking vegan and but this, this is, is why we, but locally we you know if you eat produce locally and vegan stuff you don't have that promise genuinely as local as it gets yes okay so Odette what do you say what's the what's the coolest vegan place right now that Chivico Civico I love. What did I have there? I had the eggplant parmesan, Mm -hmm. and I had it with a non-vegan friend, and she ordered ordered it as well, and she was mind blown. She liked that place. I loved. I loved to the vegan options at. Little Italy's soup plantation. No, <laughs> <laughs> it was also literate, Little Italy coincidentally, but it was the Sirena. Oh yes, Sirena Cocina. S I R E N A. Yeah, mermaid in Spanish, actually. Sirena. Oh, nice. uh, that place was one of the places where I was like mind blown. Uh, we had. A question, question for you on Civico, and this is what I addressed in my review of Civico. Yes. I did the entire vegan menu, and I found the food to be a little um, un- undersalted. Undersalted? I, I, yeah, the vegan food, especially, I mean, the vegan food itself was undersalted. And I wondered if it's because I have a carnivore palate, you know, and that I'm used to a higher salt content. Right. You know, did you find that at all? Well, I didn't find it bland at all. I really liked it, and what I think brought the salt to it was the fake parmesan right the fake ricotta it was ricotta a fake I ricotta think. Yeah. but now what is that if you're eating ricotta so, and it looks like ricotta but it's not ricotta that freaks me out I'm sorry that freaks me out what is it it's is it all, mushrooms it was cashew it's based mungu. it's mungu yeah so it's for, cashews for vegan dairy you have kind of two routes the uh-huh. soy route uh-huh. which was not my favorite and when people I was have issues with soy I hear and well, the, I grow the man nut boobs by eating. <laughs> No, I swear. Route. I swear. No, estrogen it raises the estrogen level in men. Soy? Yes. And soy. Yes. It grow. Yes. And you do. I mean, <laughs> too much soy intake for men results in man boobs. I think we would be going here today. Okay. When I was full on vegan, my husband asked me if we should not eat as much tofu. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's like, look, I don't want to nurse our kids. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, the nut-based cheeses are really so good. So they make cheese from nuts. Yes. Cashew. Okay. Cashew specifically makes really creamy cheese. Cheese-like yeah. something. Interesting. <laughs> There's okay. a place in LA that I went to, True... Not True Food. Okay. True, uh, uh, True Lies. That's a movie. No. <laughs> it's a vegan place, and the people who went there with us did not realize it was vegan. Oh, really? Because it was so good. Vi- because they don't use the word vegan on the menu. Uh-huh. There's a cheese case, and the cheeses look like brie and... But everything's nut-based. Here's what I will say about the vegan movement. I I think it's phenomenal. I am a meat eater. I've always said, if I was a better human being with better ethics, I would be completely vegan, to be quite honest with you. But I love meat. And what I always tell people who are skeptical of the vegan movement, and they're all carnivores, I say, look, at the end of the day, at least your side dishes are getting better. 
All right, because True. side dishes are all like ve- vegetables and everything else. I'm like, now chefs are learning to cook with vegetables. I'm like, hey, you're still going to get meat, but now these chefs are actually going to know how to cook with vegetables. And you're getting different kinds. You have to kind of go for variety, right? So they go to different kinds of greens and different kinds of root vegetables, and you're getting celery root and yeah. things like that that you don't, you probably and wouldn't be getting. And we live in such a seasonal. Yeah, we do. In a, yeah, everything's so seasonal. The produce is so seasonal that I think it's just part of the experience. And you don't have to eat all vegan, but I just had a really good, I think it was vegetarian. I don't know if it was vegan. I would need to look at the ingredients, but Bracero has like three plant-based tacos. Ooh, and Bracero is in Little Italy. It's in Little Italy. Javier Placentias. Um, they're open for lunch and dinner. Lunch tends to be a little more cash. And their lunch menu has three plant-based tacos and it doesn't mean that you only have to get those like if you get one right a lot of mexican food is just vegetarian Mm -hmm. you know like chile relleno that very famous chile called chile nogada which is a chile that has the three colors of our flag because one of the presidents asked for a dish with the flag I, I just want to so, hear you talk of that accent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're all can like you just eyes rattle off some Mexican food? <laughs> so, like... Mexican is a good option, I think, for vegans and vegetarians, I for sure. So, and that's too. probably another reason why it dovetails with San Diego in this market so well. See, I mean, so much, yeah, American yeah. food is the most meat-heavy food right. in Nebraska, the world. Nebraska, that's Except tough Except for, to get we are vegan. the second highest consumer per capita of meat, I believe, ahead of us is Luxembourg. In Luxembourg, California, is it, or no, in, in, the US. in the country? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of in the world, in terms yeah, of countries, yeah, yeah. the United States is the highest meat consumption oh, per for capita. Sure. Except for Luxembourg is like is like twice what we are. Totally. I'm like, how do you do that? Well, I'm because like, they're oh, all God. rich and they just take it. Right it's just a bunch of uh, you know, like um, rich bankers. Out, it's a bunch of outbacks out there. <laughs> it's no, a it's a bunch of rich bankers. <laughs> Ruth Chris is just like every yeah. restaurant. Okay, I want to brag about Odette a little bit as well, because Odette also has a great sort of restaurant background in San Diego. And I love this about our our city. I know we kind of bag on ourselves a little bit about how kind of small town our food scene can be. But I think it's so fun because you meet someone like Odette, who has been a friend of the magazine for a long time. She's come to focus groups we've had over the years about how do we cover food in this city and what do we do and what do you think of our food critic and all those things. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we focus group you. (laughs) Um, But you so give us your resume here. You you worked way back in the day at the the old Croce's downtown yes. before it was even in move to Bankers Hill, right? You worked for Ingrid. Croce's was my first American job. Croce's was my American dream fulfilled because I, love it. I had just moved here without papers. And when I finally got my green card, Ingrid Croce hired me. And oh. I'll be forever thankful to her because I feel like going right into downtown as someone from Mexico. I went to school for hotel and restaurant management was like the best. I was like, I felt like I was in New York because of all these buildings where I'm from. There's no high rises and all this food. Yeah, I was a hostess when I started and an AGM when I left. So if you were a hostess, you probably worked with Ingrid because, I mean, if anybody walked down Fifth Avenue when your coach was here, she was right there standing right at that hostess stand. Her little table always, yeah. Yeah, and she, well, I mean, and then you you also worked at the Linkery, which is one of, of, not the first. Uh, I made the mistake of saying that one time that Linkery was about Region and there was a couple before. There was Region before, yeah, Yeah, for sure. Linkery was, you know, as farm to table as you could possibly get. They made great efforts and you were the GM there too, right? Yes, I was a GM there. I uh, I feel like for anyone moving somewhere else gives you like a blank and a clean slate. Mm-hmm. So once I got here and I'd been here for a couple of years, I started to really figure out what it was about San Diego that I liked and what I gravitated towards. And 
I, I felt like I was done with downtown after a couple of years and I wanted locals, I wanted the community feel, I wanted to see people more than once. So that's what I kind of wish. I mean, actually, I don't know if I wish that for downtown. I mean, I do wish that downtown felt more local, but you know what, though? It's part that's, of, that's part of the convention center. Yeah. But you got to have big time. I think in order for North Park and South Park to feel the way they feel, There's, you have to have the foil. If you didn't have the big time, correct. that wouldn't True. feel neighborhoody. So I'd love to have the big time. And it needs to be even bigger big time so that the South Park gems feel even gemmier. True. Yes. That's not very good English. So right. I had been to San Diego before. <laughs> But I had never been to the neighborhoods. I had been to like Fashion Valley and downtown. Well, and at that time, South Park was really, really not what it even close to it. You had been to Fashion Valley? Yes. That was the neighborhood. Growing up and coming to to the United States for a lot of Mexican people means Mexican people in my bubble. Yes. I always ask to be specific. Uh Mexican people in my bubble. Yours, yes. Uh Your experience. Yes. um, Means going and eating at an IHOP. Uh huh. TGI Friday, like all the American stuff. Starbucks, mm-hmm. we have it now, but you should have oh, seen when we didn't have it. And when the first Starbucks opened up, the line was out the wazoo for weeks. Yeah, because everybody so everybody wanted a caramel frappuccino. Like, <laughs> it's iconic. It's so funny. Yeah, they yeah. make it. My yeah. my dad will still ask to go to IHOP, and I've yeah. it took me maybe two years of him visiting You're to like, be dad, like, Dad, we have eggs at Waypoint Public to, where I work. Yeah, let's go to <laughs> let's go line up at the mission, and I'll get you a big pancake, but it won't be from IHOP. Mm-hmm. Like, just trust me. Mm-hmm. But, but I love takes- that you have such vision and I feel like you're just such a great, you're a great symbol of sort of how the restaurant industry kind of came together and grew in those early days when there really was a, re- I mean, we think it's a small food scene now, but 10 or 15 years ago, it was way smaller. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and by the way, IHOP, don't take that personally. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast. Yes. <laughs> we don't have a sponsor today. So if you would like to sponsor this podcast, I have anybody, Starbucks, call us, call David Martin, David M at sdmag.com. Um, but okay, so wait, we've gone over Linkery, which is like pretty legit too. Also, like street cred wise, you can speak to that, right? Troy, yeah. I mean, if you've worked there and you could handle and work in that environment, I mean, that was pretty real deal. Yes. So that's some street cred. And then you were at Waypoint Public as well. Yes. So cool. when I worked at Linkery, I loved it because I was exposed to the other end of the spectrum. And that's when I started drinking local beer and getting more exposed I, to the farms I that you were, were going to stop at drinking. That's when I started drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just getting exposed to the farms because they worked with Susie's and I had never been exposed to this culture of farm to table. I so it. it was amazing. But then they left. Sad. And hello to Jay and Michael. I mm-hmm. learned a ton from those guys. So I'm also very thankful. That was kind of short-lived. I was there for like a year and then they decided to shut down. Mm -hmm. And then I stayed and I kind of came with the building when Waypoint opened up. I got rehired right away. Like I was You were part of the building? Yes. Which has been like wildly successful. That was very, I mean, if you know, long time listeners and readers of the magazine and people who've lived here for a while will know that was a ripple in the food scene and that all went down. That was like some drama. But Waypoint Public seems to have fit in like a little glove in North Park there. They just seem to really figure it out and you know, that's got, they've got a little kid area. They've got a nice burger. They've got a great local beer thing. It's great. I think it's a great corner Mm -hmm. in North Park. It's such a, perfect location for something like that and people kept joking when it opened that hipster are having kids now hipster people are having kids now so we need a place for them and who owns it i forget who owns it john punny yes and um, also does park and rec bottle craft right that's brian jensen that's brian jensen i'm sorry so john punny does park and rec as well and there is another waypoint opening up in del sur in 
Mm, way in North County. Six to eight months. Yeah. That, Whoa, I don't know the exact I didn't time know that. frame. Yes. Breaking news on Breaking S- news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a great group. I think that I love food, but what I love more is hospitality. Mm-hmm. And John Pawnee is a hospitality guy. So I loved working with him. I was heartbroken when I left because I left because of family reasons, like trying to be a mom and many Because you were totally pregnant. Yes. Because I am yeah. totally pregnant yeah, and for you the have second a, time. Yes, and you have a, like, an adorable but daughter. And all I, I really enjoyed working with someone who had the same values that I did in terms of hospitality because I believe in good service and I get like... You get upset about some things. I know, Troy. I get upset about when people talk about San Diego only has shitty service. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. Ugh, I don't want that to be the stereotype. Exactly. Like, well, I'm glad you like good service uh, because it's going away. Yeah. Because oh, of the $15 know. an hour. I read it that is. article. It Counter is. service. Counter service is going to be our new normal. I know. Um, that's too bad. I love hospitality. So you know, I love when and people just- spend money on things that they can't take home and it was worth it. And it's a lost art. I mean, it's going to be an art that <clears throat> meanly serving yourself the rest of the wine. <laughs> no, but it is a lost art. The idea of, you know, servers and like true service and that that was a training that you developed years over year. And it is. Yeah, it was. Thing. And it was more for me of how I grew up. Yeah. My dad taking us to restaurants. Well, that was the charm of restaurants. Yeah. It wasn't just about food. It was about going to some place where somebody was giving you hospitality. They were treating you like family. Yes. They were, you know, giving you that that third family or second family experience. We're like, welcome to my house. Right, and you Here. paid for that. And you paid for that. It's like, oh my God. But now everybody works, so it has to be cheaper to eat out because you got to eat out all the True. time. True. I mean, everybody look, works. we need a utilitarian aspect yeah, of the service industry for work. sure, but we are going to miss, especially with the cost of, of employment and food going up we're going to miss you know that real being able to to pay a front of the house like real experience like yourself experience yeah and that's that's why I really connected with the opening team and the team that's currently there at Waypoint really does believe in hospitality so it's like all of these things are like oh what are we going to do dear Um, Waypoint Tavern if you'd like to sponsor this segment (laughs) yes we will come to Del Sur your opening weekend call David Martin again okay well I want to say thank you Odette so much for coming in I hope you guys have all enjoyed uh, meeting our La Vida Vegan columnist and learning a little bit more about her now hopefully more people will notice the column in San Diego Magazine every month in the eat section veganism is boring and right yeah doesn't always have to be. We've just learned it's 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 walnut tacos and things. I need um, to cook a vegan fest for you, Troy. I cook Ooh. vegetarian almost every day. See? To be quite honest with you. Yeah, I do. Because I have to eat so much meat in my job. Right. You know, so much pork belly, so many you beef cheeks, that sort of thing. So being literally all I cook at home is, is vegetarian almost. Well, and you live in OB, which which speaks to our next segment. Um, we're gonna talk about farmers markets in a second, I think, okay. because Odette is gonna recommend one. Maybe. Nice. Um so we're gonna move into small bites. We're almost done with our podcast here. We end with our own personal recommendations about what we've been eating and drinking lately one of our segments is called two people 50 bucks this is a request we get all the time like where should i go my sister's in town or i want to take my boss somewhere i have a friend we just i don't want to spend a lot of money two people odette if you had two people with about 50 bucks to spend where would you recommend they go i was telling aaron that my thought for this was go to the atm get 50 dollars cash and go to the farmer's market i personally love the little italy one Little Italy Farmer's it's Market great. is, I mean, honestly, and I love my OB Farmer's Market, but Little Italy is probably the best in San Diego. Yes. And I always tell people who come out, or it's always one of the activities that I have planned if people come mm-hmm. visit us. 
uh, go on an empty stomach because there's a ton of samples. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then just get something, whatever looks delicious, and maybe take some goodies home. I think 50 bucks is a great budget for a little farmer's market trip. And you get to see the ocean. It's a beautiful view. I always spend at least $75 I know. when it's, I go to the You spend a lot of money. But then like, again, oh, that peach is $4, but I'm, I need I it. Need yeah. it. And you just have to get that But I will peach. say this. They have done studies that have shown that the farmer's markets, on the, on the average, are less expensive than grocery markets, mm-hmm. the grocery stores. So, really? Yeah. I feel like I, with I, produce. I, and I, I, I did not believe that study, but it is done. I will, I will provide a link to, the, for, for this to San Diego Magazine.com where that, we will link to that all this shows, stuff. Yeah, they did a big study. I was like, oh my God, because I, I literally had the wrong assumption. I was yeah. like, God, farmers are so expensive. No, they're not on average. Huh. Yep. Great. Okay. Um, how about best thing that somebody here has eaten this month? Anybody have a best thing that they ate this week? Best thing. Uh, it's been a Wagyu month for me. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, people are just like, here's some Wagyu. I'm like, what? What is going on? <laughs> this is amazing. I'm like, it, was my, it was the best month in, of, of my life. Um, um, but at Steak Chop House in Coronado, they have a Wagyu. They wanted to do it raw with sashi- like sashimi style because it's such perfect meat. It's treated so well. There's no antibiotics or hormones. I mean, it is perfect meat. The cleanest meat you can ever get. Perfectly marble with fat. They want to do sashimi. But the chef couldn't figure out how to do it with sashimi because cold beef fat is not necessarily good. It's not necessarily appetizing. It's kind of firm. It's kind of firm. It's a little fatty. So they just warm the plate and it just Mm. renders that fat perfectly enough. And they slice it totally thin and they put it in ponzu with with togarashi, which is like a, uh, a spice, a Japanese spice that you usually use with sushi. It is phenomenal. Steak Chop House, Coronado, Yum. Wagyu beef sashimi. Oh. Wow. That is a food critic talking, people. Mm. That is his job is to eat that stuff. That's amazing. Okay, how about Liquid Courage? Who drank something really amazing? You did, right? Up at Campfire? I did. I actually, first of all, had a wonderful rosé at that La Park. I can't say enough about that place. Secondly, at Campfire up in Carlsbad, they had, they're taking that Campfire theme way all the way. They have teepees. And they, and have ro- they, they have will corn set you on in- fire when you walk <laughs> yes. in. They've got corn in the cocktails, but one of the cocktails had roasted beets. And it, I had nine of the cocktails on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had three, and then I tried... The six others yeah, with yeah, my friends. Okay. You I know. had three, and then yeah. I just kind of reached well, over the person nine. next to me. But to out of the nine, the roasted beets w- was unbelievable. Well, we In had a cocktail. Who was the gentleman we had from there on our show? John Lelacap. We had Lelacap, and, he, and yeah. he was awesome. And he brought us a growler with some custom kind of cocktail with apples or something, and it was very so cool. campfire and in Carlsbad. I mean, it's it's honestly it's blowing up. This is well, this is all the team behind like the coolest restaurants in downtown. Which I've said North yeah. County needs. It does. So it's John. John is the owner. Or John Resnick. John yeah. Resnick is the owner. He was uh, basically the guy behind Craft and Commerce, and Leila Cap was the bar manager at Ironside in Little Italy, and also Craft and Commerce, I believe, too. You know, so, so I consortium mean, holdings folks. And what I what I always told Arsalan, the owner of um, of all consortium that. holdings, which is it's like an empire now, basically neighborhood Craft and Commerce, all that. I said, look, you need to open up in North County, and he said. I don't want to go to North County. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, fine. So now his people are. Yes. And North County, you are so lucky. So lucky. Also, if you are a non-drinker, they have a great mocktail menu because two of the people sort of at the top are not drinkers. 
Okay, that's good. So and, super, yeah, and if you and Archie, not, if Archana was here, she would be totally singing the praises of that because yeah. she's not a huge drinker, but she loves to go out and eat and drink, but just not necessarily all the alcohol. Absolutely. Cowboy and if you are, Star has a mocktail menu too. Not, really? Yeah, mocktails are becoming huge. Um, it, so if you are a non-drinker, just reconsider your life choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have to shout out to a listener, the Tate family. They they pinged me on Facebook and said that they went to campfire because they listened to our podcast. And they that. took their kid to the teepee and they had the thing. So Tate family. I'm basking in self-esteem. What right? they thanks have for s'mores. listening. I mean, thanks for listening. Thanks everybody for listening. This is the end of our happy half hour. Please visit SanDiegoMagazine.com to um, find links to everything that we talked about. Thank you, Odette Kressler. Thank you. Our La Vida Vegan columnist. Dear Tate family, please sponsor us. <laughs> and thanks to David um, for producing this. And please call him if you would like to be a sponsor. Um, next time you hear from us, we will be at our first sponsored location, which is Puesto. So David M. at Tandy com if you want that to be your thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call you Troy 1%. It's going to go on your tombstone. I you would appreciate One that. Lady.